Welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. Today we have a really exciting guest on our show. This conversation may sound a little different from our usual topics, but it'll definitely be one for the books. So to all our listeners, stay tuned for this awesome conversation. Yeah, and I can say I'm personally really excited about this one. So uh, the guest we have today, I'm honored to call a friend of mine. Uh, He's an incredible MMA athlete with an even more incredible story and journey of overcoming trauma and loss. And so that's why we really wanted to bring him in today. Again, although this may sound a little bit different than our typical episodes, he definitely has a lot to share. And so let's go ahead and introduce our guest today, Chris Kokores. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we are really excited. Thank you so much for taking the time. And we know you're busy, so thank you for for joining us today. We're really excited about this one. Absolutely. Excited to get started. Okay, so we usually start, when we have a guest speaker, we usually start with some fun questions before we dive into what we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to keep it just to one question. um, So we have enough time to discuss your story. Um, so the question for today is, if you could have lunch with anyone throughout time, past, present, fictional, non-fictional, who would it be and why? Um, for me, I would, I would definitely say my mother. Um, she passed away when I was 19. Um, yeah, I just think that that's, that's the easiest answer for sure because, you know, there's a lot of things that she's missed out on in my life since. Um, she passed away towards the beginning of my life when I was just getting started with a lot of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's actually a conversation I've had with myself a lot. That if I ever had yeah. the chance or maybe I had the opportunity to have a conversation with her, what that would look like. And she just, she was really meaningful to me. Um, so I would definitely, definitely pick her. That's a great answer. And I feel like mm-hmm. everyone that we've asked that question to, that's kind of our question we ask to everyone. All of our guests get that same one question. Um, and a lot of the time, yeah, it's it's someone that, you know, our guests have lost, but we've all spoke to, um, you know, because I backed that up so many times, like losing my dad at a young age. And it's like as many as many people might want to say like, oh, Beyonce or like the Pope, because I get to sit down yeah. and have lunch. It's like, yeah, those those people in your life that were the most meaningful, especially if you did go through that loss. Right. Yeah. It's like. Of course, right? Of course, that's someone you'd probably want to spend that time with. And Chris, I just want to say also, just thank you so much for just opening up with vulnerability. I know a lot of the story is going to be from a place of vulnerability, you know, maybe triggering. So you you let us us know today if there's anything, you know, maybe that's too much to discuss or, you know, a question that we have for you that you're really not willing to get into. Like you're going to dictate this conversation for us today, but we just appreciate in advance your vulnerability um, and just really diving into this today yeah it's my pleasure um i think transparency is key especially in situations like mine and that's what i've been pushing for these last couple years and i'm open to be honest and you know whatever you guys need whatever your questions are i got the answers so we appreciate that and i know our listeners will too because i mean this is really just such an incredible heart-wrenching but just incredible story of survival of recovery and so personally i'm just really excited you know for our listeners to hear about this but also just a lot of your insight because i think the situations that you've been through have provided you so much wisdom um and just really inspiring to hear you know kind of what has occurred and so we're gonna dive in um i'm gonna get right into our first question for you so 
take us back in time a little bit. So before December of 2017, can you give our listeners some insight? You know, what were you working towards before that December, before that time? Before December 17, um, so I started training for MMA when I was like 16, 17, and I was kind of using it as a, a vice getting out of trouble and, you know, just staying focused when I was a kid. Um, I didn't really have the best surrounding at the time, so fighting for me was just a, it was a positive outlet. Um, you know, to cut the long story a little bit short, I fought through my 20s, and when I was 26, when the accident happened, um, I was basically peaking as an amateur fighter. I had won the WFC title, defended that twice, so I was towards the upper ranks of the amateur division in all of the western region in California. Um, wow. Which, you know, I did, of course, with the help of, you know, family and coaches and whatnot, but a lot of it, you know, I did kind of by the wind of my own sail, like going to San Diego and sleeping on a friend's floor and um, like a dollar in a dream type of thing. So I uh, kind of built it from scratch and that was a really cool experience and um, yeah, was just killing it. I mean, so I had... I had spent some time in San Diego, you know, trying to make a life for myself. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't easy. I didn't have a lot of money going to San Diego when I moved there when I was 19. It was about a year after my mom passed away. Um, and and fighting MMA is not a, it's not a well-paying sport as an amateur. So, right. Uh, but it's also, you know, you got to train hard. You got to put a lot of daily hours in. So I was going through that struggle for quite a while and then, um, I was supposed to come back to Tahoe and I had just a situation kind of fall through on me. So I got this kind of like random job at a Planet Fitness and the girl who was training me uh, ended up being Cecilia. I don't even know if you knew that, but that's how we met. And so, um, yeah, the rest is history. We hit it off. We spent two and a half years together. She really motivated me to kind of take a different look at fighting, you know, and take it more serious. And in those two years is when I fought for all my world titles, when I really started excelling the most. And um, I mean, when we, when we left San Diego to go up to Tahoe uh, the weekend of the crash, it was, I don't know, it, was, it was right after Christmas, it was Christmas, yeah, Christmas week. And um, I mean, we had an apart a nice apartment in San Diego overlooking the city that uh, we'd only been there for six months. She was going to school to be an engineer. She was only 21 at the time, 22. Wow. Um, I had a great job, peak of my career, came home to see family, tell them about my life that I had built. And, you know, but yeah, we just, we came to Tahoe that weekend just to see family and do some training. Um, I had a huge fight. It was my last, I left this out. It was my last amateur fight uh, about two months after that. I mean, maybe it was like a month. And uh, we came up here to do some training, to see family, to meet my family. So then we just, on our way back home, you know, everything changed. <laughs> wow. And what, a, I mean, what an incredible time that you were in, right? You had already gone through so much in your life, um, you know, and you sh thank you for sharing that, you know, you lost your mom and that really compelled you, right? And it was like you were in such um, a good place, right? At that point, you were really like, working towards your goals and just, you kind of had the, the world at your fingertips at that point, right? Sure. And so, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, the fact that there was a lot going on, a lot of positive stuff. 
So can you tell us, can you tell our listeners a little bit of what changed on December of 2017? Kind of walk us through what happened and just, you know, give as much detail as you feel comfortable with giving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I mean, my entire, my entire life did it. Like, you know, I, I had lost literally everything. And um, I mean, I still had family at home. I was holding on to my body with my fingertips, but I lost my girlfriend. I lost my dog in the backseat of the car. Um, most of my most valuable belongings were with us in the car because we were in town for about two weeks and I just brought a lot of really valuable stuff with me and I just never got to go back to that life. Like I I like I made a personal effort about a year and a half later to go back to our apartment, but it was just so I could find some closure. Um, because her dad went and cleared out our whole apartment, all of our stuff, um, obviously lost my job, broke my whole body. So I was laid up in the hospital for close to a month and, you know, had to basically down to the basics in life, like learn how to brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, walk. Um, so it was a, it was a really, like, I just was stripped, you know, my entire life was stripped. I, I I felt like the only thing I really had left was fighting if I could get back to it. But even then it was like, it was kind of a joke to, you know, assume that that was a possibility, so. Yeah, and I can't imagine going through an accident like that, right? And just really being in that place where you you go from being such a proficient athlete, right? So, so strong, so capable, so resilient to, you know, really having to relearn those things, right? After that, after that crash, I just think it's just, it's really, I mean, it's especially incredible to see you now, right? But yeah, it's just, it's a really humbling thing to think about. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a very humbling experience. It kind of gave me the chance to reel it back in and focus on the the small things and the the back to the basics. I mean, it was a, it was a wild experience, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I had to learn how to use my legs. It was humiliating. You know, doctors were bathing me. Um, they had to turn me on my side, and I, could, I was helpless. I couldn't move. So my spine was so unstable, and I got what they call seatbelt syndrome. So the seatbelt basically at a certain speed, um, it usually kills you. You know, they say above like 80, wow. 80 or 70 miles an hour. Um, I don't, I don't really know the science. It still trips me out to this day because I'm like, you'd think that they would make something that would be more safe, but the seatbelt being as slim as it is, it goes, it just cuts, like your chest can take it, but it cuts into your intestine. And what happened to me is the exact worst case scenario where it goes into your stomach, it severs your intestine, and then it snaps your, your spine. So basically it wow. goes through your whole uh, lower stomach. And... Um, yeah, so, you know, I had zero strength there, and yeah, it was a very humiliating experience. Yeah. So, thank you, Chris. And again, I just want to echo what Lisa said, because she's a mind reader. I was just really, really impressed um, from the very beginning of this episode with how vulnerable you were being. And honestly, it feels like an honor to just really hear you speak about your story and just provide us with so much information on your life because I know this yeah. is probably an intimate part of your life and just for you to be able to share it with us and our listeners, we really, really appreciate you for that. Um, and you know, you just 
you're amazing. So thank you for being here. But uh, I do have another question for you. Uh, how long did your recovery take or for you to feel like you are getting some of that normalcy back in regards to fighting again? Uh, in regards to like physical life or just specific? Yeah, you can definitely touch up on the physical healing um, as well as if you want to touch up on the emotional healing as well. I mean, they were two separate separate tasks for me, for sure. Um, the physical part of it, I just had an incredible team. Jameson DeLalo, Barton Hospital over here and their rehabilitation center. Um, I just really committed. And honestly, on the, on the physical front, I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out because I've had a lot of people say, like, the reason that you were able to make it back and everything was because of a lot of mental strength. And I still haven't really been able to put a finger on that one because I, I agree, but I also just got up and just, you know, clocked in, like just showed up to, to PT and um, was proactive, took my vitamins, um, addressed the injuries individually. I mean, it just took a lot of work for sure. And then mentally, the process of recovering from something like that takes a long time. Um, it's something that um, I think that people haven't been through it maybe they don't really understand or respect as much as obviously once you have because like for me crazy crazy enough the hardest time was after i got cleared to fight after everything was over and i had to like move back out on my own after like two years of living with family and being in the hospital and like going back to normal life just felt weird and i sure. I, I was you know used to being in a constant state of survival um fighting for my life fighting for my uh, stability mentally, physically. And then when it was time to go back, like back into normal life, you know, working a normal job, I just, it was a weird time. And that's actually when I broke down the most uh, was when was when I had to do that. So it's, a, it's an interesting process and I'm sure everybody deals with it differently. But um, one of the biggest things for me, which I had learned from losing my mother was I addressed a lot of the, uh, the emotions and the pain early on. Um, I've always been a very like, you know, take it on right now and, and let it hit me as hard as it can. That way I, I know that I can't get hit any harder after this. So now when I was laying on the side of the road and I was basically dying, holding on to my life, um, I was asking the, the lady who was with me, uh, she, she came and she put a blanket over me and was just kind of like helping me hold on. And I just kept asking her for confirmation, like, is my girlfriend dead? Is my girlfriend dead? Because I wanted to know. And, uh, you know, waking up in the hospital, I just kept asking all these questions because I just wanted to know answers. Um, and, you know, I just let, I let my feelings spill out of me. I mean, it was hard, but there was nights in the hospital where I would grab a pillow and just scream into it because I didn't want to disturb the people next to me or freak the nurses out. But I'm, I'm a big advocate of feeling your feelings. Um, I think it's really important to, to be transparent with with your feelings, you know, with the world around you and not be scared of it. So um, there's a lot to it, but that's those are definitely some, some key things. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, and I just want to jump back a little bit because, again, I have the, the honor of knowing Chris in real life. I mean, albeit now I've, I've moved, so I'm not in Tahoe anymore. But, yeah, I used to train at the same gym as Chris. I was doing kickboxing, and I will never forget the moment um, when you started coming back 
into the gym and it was like you couldn't really even do a whole lot physically yet but I remember looking over and I was like oh my god he is in here and you were just so lightly you had your gloves on and you were just tapping the punching bag you know and mm-hmm. I think that was like all the movement you could really do at the time and in my head I had just never like in real time um, like heard a story like yours to begin with but then seen someone I mean at that level right where it's like you you know should be home in bed but instead you're here you're on your feet and even though your movement might be a fraction of what it used to be in terms of fighting right in MMA it was like you were just so devoted to it right and it was just it was something that was just so inspiring uh, really awe-inspiring for me and so I just wanted to like highlight that moment because I, I remember that I would distinctly yeah. remember like oh my god he's back in the gym and like yeah. just this little movements it was like anything you could do um little me too I was brittle I was skinny I was definitely I yeah. think I was I was almost 30 40 pounds less than I am now yeah and you might have still had like a brace on like something you know it was just yeah, I had a metal brace I ordered one off Amazon to keep my uh my spine stable PT doctors hated that, but yeah, I just wrapped it around my stomach. That way I could go move around and not break myself. Yeah. I will never, ever forget that. Like I can still see it clear as day in my mind. Like yeah. you coming in, you standing there. I was like, wow. Um, just being really blown away by that. And you yeah. also kind of answered um, a little bit there, just kind of talking about, you know, feeling your feelings, which we love hearing that because in this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we talk about that a lot. Uh, we are huge advocates as well for, you know, emotions are never right or wrong. They're just what they are. And really, you know, tapping into those and, and utilizing and respecting your own emotions. And so um, although you kind of, you know, spoke to that, we're just wondering what were some of you think the biggest or most essential components of your healing? Um, and what did that, that really look like for you? Um a good question i think the most essential components were reaching out to people when i needed you know it's, i mean i think obviously a lot of times in life we think we can handle things all on our own but certain situations you just can't i had a lot of good coaches mentors uh people around me that I, you know i would just be resourceful if i needed advice i mean if i needed a pick me up um if i needed some physical advice so I was just really resourceful, um, and and I think that man, it's 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 honestly, guys, it's just it's such a it's something I'm still trying to figure out. I think it, it you know, I, I don't think that I went about the process of healing perfect. Um, you know, I made it to, to my goals, so that that's a good thing. But I also looking back, there's a few things that I maybe worked on a little bit different. There's a lot to losing the love of your life. Um, and healing at a young age that a lot of people don't understand like my grandma for instance she lost um, my grandfather her husband of 30 something years um, right around that same time actually and uh, she you know two different situations because she, her family and, and his family knew each other very well she was a lot older so now she's having to figure out how to live the remainder of her life alone it was really tragic, uh, unexpected. But for me, I knew that I had such a long life ahead of me, you know, and I knew that I, I had to learn how to love again, um, how to fight again, and I had to figure out a way to pick myself back up and get back to all these things because 
I had too much life to to dwell and to um, be in pain for the rest of my life because of the situation. And so whatever it took, I just knew I needed to get through that. Um, but it was hard because, you know, I, I, I didn't find a book on it. There might be one out there, but, you know, I don't think there's really enough writing or anything to tell you exactly how to go through a situation like this. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of questions for me, like, am I not giving enough um, attention to her family? Am I not putting enough attention on her? Um, am I am I putting too much attention on my past at times and not putting enough on my present and on my future? Mm. Uh, and it was kind of a constant internal battle for me to figure that out. Am I being selfish? Am I not being selfish enough? Questions like that that I would kind of have to deal with daily and assess, you know, where am I at? What have I done? And am I content? Like doing stuff like this is really helpful. Um, one of the, and actually, to answer your question, one of the things that helped me the most, and again, this is just my journey, you know, everybody's is different. Um, something that I, that, I, that I tell people a lot that kind of blows their mind is I didn't see one therapist since this whole thing happened or before. Um, not because I'm against it, but because I just didn't ever feel the need to because as soon as the accident happened, when I was in the hospital, the only thing I managed to get back from the car was my phone. And her, her phone was shattered. They were both in the same spot in the car, but somehow mine managed to not have a scratch on it. So I took it as an opportunity to get on it and just start talking and just start connecting with people. And when I first got back home and I was in bed, I made a video and the video went like semi-viral. And I ended up getting um, contacted from people from all over the U.S., outside of the U.S. that you know, had lost boyfriends, girlfriends, kids were in the hospital for depression, suicide, all sorts of stuff. It was like overwhelming, just like tons of messages, um, people that heard my story. And I just started talking to people. And it was the most therapeutic thing in the world. So that kind of set fire to like me going to San Diego and doing a talk with Epic Mastermind. It was like a motivational thing. Um, going to the high school and doing seven talks there with their kids podcast, started to write a book, all sorts of sorts of things that just um, made me feel good, you know, and it, it was like, it almost just helped the healing process. And I tell people this a lot, but, you know, my goal, my lifelong goal now is to honor um, my, I, I'm, I'm just a product of my environment, the people here and the people that aren't here and, and the things that these people are giving me as opportunities. So all I'm trying to do moving forward is just honor their lives, you know. I want Cecilia and my mom to be able to speak through me. So whenever I perform in the cage or anything that I do, I do um, in the light of their life and what they would want and uh, to make them proud and to just kind of represent, you know, their life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I just want to say I am a true believer of the power of connection, right? And I really mm -hmm. think that that's... Um, my biggest purpose in life and I truly believe in that so um, I'm just so glad that you had such a great support system around you it sounds like that yeah. made such a huge difference and I think just the resiliency that you know I hear from what you've experienced and perseverance is just I'm so amazed and intrigued um, so thank you again for being here sure absolutely yeah there's a lot to it you know I mean it's a complicated situation so 
And I think it's important to also highlight that fact that, you know, healing looks different for everybody. So the fact that you were able to find what worked for you, what made you feel better, you know, like you said, you didn't, you didn't go to a therapist, you didn't go to a therapist, but you found a way where it, it helped you. And it's in a way, it's kind of helping yeah. others too, with your story, just kind of yeah. healing through, you know, I, there's a saying, you know, the, the wounded can also be the healers or something like that, where, you know, just because yeah. you, these traumatic experiences give you such insight on what it is and kind of more of a deeper understanding, you know, many people absolutely. go through this type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree And I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think it's arrogant to assume that, I mean, for me, at least a lot of the time throughout this process, I would, I would do talks or I'd talk with people and I'd say, you know, this is how you get through it. Or, but you don't know. You know, everybody's right. watching differently. Everybody, you know, so I had to, I had to learn how to be sensitive as well and understand each person and um, just try and really help from a hands-on, hands-off. Like, what can I, where can I plug myself in? Um, and then, yeah, for me, I've at least found that there's nothing more healing than helping people, um, and that's just what helped me get through it. Yeah, and I have such an appreciation for that too. I think you know all of us working in this field, and JC and I have spoke a lot on this podcast. You know, we're in a, and a field talking about domestic violence, sexual violence, right? And these are things that you know we've all spoken about, kind of being survivors of, right? And that's really what drives a lot of our work, right? Like talking about teen sure. dating violence is so important because we've been through that, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. I just think it's. It's awesome that I think you really just listen to yourself, um, you know, because even though, you know, like we could we could say like, yeah, therapy is a great thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But I love that you acknowledge you just settled into your emotions, your feelings. You allowed yourself to just find naturally and organically. Right. Like what felt yeah. best for you. And maybe that wasn't traditional therapy, but you found that therapy mm -hmm. through connecting with others, through using that experience. Right. And that that character building that came out of such an unfortunate circumstance to really empower and compel others and so huge huge shout out to you for yeah speaking your truth living in your truth in that moment and in such a difficult time you know like navigating and figuring that out for yourself i appreciate that yeah and i think you just having the ability to be self-aware and really just dig in on those emotions on your own is so big i I definitely even have a hard time being vulnerable and just speaking to others and survivors, right, um, that have experienced either abuse or trauma. Sometimes that's a really difficult piece to be able to really address or identify how you're feeling or what's happening or how, you know, you're being impacted by, by your experience is not the easiest thing. So that's so awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, bless your guys' hearts for, for trying and for doing what you do, because we need more people like you. You know, but uh, at the right same time, at <laughs> I think there's a special place for everyone, you know, and I think we're all kind of, we just got to find what our place is. And, you know, for me, like, I think that uh, on what you're saying, sometimes it's hard to tell somebody who's going through a major traumatic situation how to get through it unless you've been through it. Um, and I just, I took on that role of going, well, you know, I've been through it so I can help these people, you know, they'll trust me. You know, there's a trust there because they understand it. And then, as crazy as it is, is, that's been my role for the last three years is, you know, everybody says the same thing. If, if you can get through what you have, then I can get through what I'm going through. And so, you know, I think it's just all about finding purpose in your experiences. Um, there's always a silver lining, you know, no matter how bad it gets. And a lot of people have proved that. A lot of people have gone through hell and back. And, managed to inspire the masses and you know it's a beautiful thing yeah 
I, I love just that concept, right? Like there's there's always something and some beauty in what you've gone through or, you know, some way to find strength in it. I think that's just, yeah, really empowering. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of irony too, to you know, near-death experiences change you. Um, this one was a little bit different because I did have the loss to deal with as well, but um, there was a pretty, there's a pretty crazy range of emotions that following like summer, because this happened basically January 1st, 2018. Um, it was like when I woke up. Um, but that next summer, 2018, and that following year ended up being one of the best years of my life. Because um, when you go through a near-death experience, it's like you're being reborn. Um, I had the most near-death experience you can have. I was you know, bleeding out. And so I had to physically hold on to my life. Um, my body would start shutting down and I'd have to tap into, you know, whatever, anything I could find, the strength, my past, my cage fighting, um, training, you know, place that I would spend in the gym where I'd feel tired and I'd have to push through these sessions, whatever it was, my body was fully shutting down. Like I would be like, shaking super bad and and i would get and i was really warm but it was really cold outside and you know this lady was like hang on hold on like talking me through this and and i and i knew because i've i've always been i've always been able to be calm under pressure but i knew that i only had about 30 minutes left in my life so in that moment i was like cares about anything else just reflect you know just take some time to reflect because that's what you do right before you die honestly i know now and i was like pretty disappointed because i just held back so much in my like you know i didn't say like i bit my tongue too much i didn't take that, those spontaneous trips and steps in life that i wanted to because i was scared of this or that you know and all of those thoughts filled my head and really made me upset. It's like, man, I don't want to die right now, you know? So that next year and since then, my life has just been full transparency, like full steam ahead. <laughs> I don't care about nothing. I don't care about what people think. I speak my truth. You like it, cool. You don't, cool. I love everybody. I think everybody's cool. You know, everybody's beliefs is cool to me. I don't judge nobody. I try not to stay in, in a negative headspace too much. Um, because I want to make sure that when I when I cross that bridge again, that I'm happy and thankful and content. Um, so that that was a really great experience that changed my life forever. There's such incredible wisdom, I think, in that, right? And something that I am in no way capable of internalizing or understanding, mm -hmm. feeling in that space and feeling that moment and doing that self-reflection really in the heat of that, right? And really worried or, or wondering if that's the end of it, right? But I think just, sure. I think for other people to hear that, right? I know I just, that just had a huge impact on me, right? And I think I've, I've heard you say that before, but it's just, it's something that continually has impact on me when I hear you say yeah. those things. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I feel like sometimes the best, smartest, most loving, caring people suffer the most. They yeah. hold back, you know, they spend too much time in their own head, in their own prison cell, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's somewhere that I spent a lot of my life, you know, despite a lot of great experiences. Um, right. But that changed it forever. You know, sometimes people hate it, but sorry for my language, but fuck them. <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. take that. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're just going to be who you are. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. 
It's like after all that, we will take one swear on this episode. We're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there there's so much power in that, and right, and just recognizing your worth, recognizing, um, especially after you've been through kind of any trauma, right? Like the the things in your life that you do appreciate or the things mm-hmm. in your life that you're no longer maybe afraid to show because like, what's the point of holding this back if it benefits me, right? Or if it's sure. just my truth or if it's just who I am, you know? And so I think, again, just there's such incredible wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of like what I was saying after was just, I was 26 and I was so far from who I've always wanted to be. Like my hero, you know, my childhood hero, the, the guy that I always wanted to become and whatever things along the way, made me you know guilty or scared to be that person and that's what I was most disappointed with is like man I'm not even dying with that person that I've always wanted to be and so I I set out on a journey after to become that person it's amazing which I feel like this kind of leads us to like another question you know do you have any insight advice or words of encouragement for anyone who has gone through any kind of loss or trauma I think it depends on the trauma Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of different forms of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. But I would definitely say one of the most important things is just uh, becoming aware of it, um, aware of what caused it, um, aware of the fact that it's not your fault, um, and just putting it to rest. You know, trauma is a, a real thing and it affects us all in different ways and it, it comes from a lot of different places. Um, But yeah, I I really just think, you know, understanding the source of that trauma, the fact that it wasn't your fault, the fact that that isn't you, that trauma is not you, and uh, moving on and really just focusing on who you want to be and who you want to become. And, uh, you know, I would say that 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 for me is is what's most, you know, most valuable. It made me like a little bit emotional just you you saying that, right, me hearing that, because I think, you know, especially for... For us in this field, we talk to a lot of survivors of yeah. violence, right, mm-hmm. and assault and abuse, sure. and it's like that's the the biggest crux of it is like really understanding that it was not your fault. But I love how you said that trauma isn't you, right? And I think there's now this beautiful underpinning that you brought up of like that trauma could like help rebuild me in a way or help push me to become a different version of myself or a more um, sure, you know maybe yeah. a more aligned version of myself or whatever that looks like. But that trauma isn't me and I think you know for a lot of maybe victims and survivors out there listening today I think understanding that whatever they went through it isn't it could be part of their story or it could be part of the journey they were on but it's not them right and they don't have to maybe identify as that I think is Mm -hmm. oof, like such such beautiful sentiment say definitely does not need to define them so I definitely agree with that Lisa and I just want to say that some of the most amazing people I have in my life or have ever met have experienced an extreme amount of trauma right and they're just completely resilient amazing beautiful people um and you know they did not allow that to define them um and they just came out stronger on the other side and i think sometimes the resiliency piece can really make us an amazing person you know um and one that can really connect with others and we won't always fully understand the situation because we may not have experienced it but it will really allow us to kind of have an understanding of that person who they are right Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing i mean i got a i got a soft place in my heart for damaged people um especially ones that have taken the initiative to repair themselves whether it's domestic violence or bad childhood or 
stuff that happened with your parents or loss. Um, you know, we're a special breed. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we had an episode not long ago and, um, we had one of our one of our therapists, or used to be therapists on the show, because she's since started a private practice. But she shared a really beautiful mantra with us, and it was, um, "This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is a part of life. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion that I need." And it's like, I think you basically said all of those things today without knowing that mantra, right, or like reading that out. Um, but really, really spoke to that, right? And I think it's important to just awesome. kind of remind our listeners of that, right? That like, no matter what, no matter what that suffering looks like or that trauma, we're all gonna go through suffering, sure. right? Whatever that looks like in our life, whatever scale that could be for them. Um, but just, you know, again, you've just really spoke so beautifully to that, right? Like you giving yourself that kindness and that compassion in this whole journey. I appreciate that. And yes, I mean, something else that I learned too on that is just, you know, it's hard. I had this, okay, so I had this, like, idea after the accident, and I, it's funny because preparing for this podcast last night, I was doing some research on your guys' cast, and, and somehow I fell across one that I started making back when, and I honestly slept a couple hours. You guys can't tell I'm a little tired because I got caught up all night listening to these videos that I haven't heard of myself right after the accident. Oh, total, wow. total mind trip. Probably not the best way to go into this, but it was nice to reconnect a little bit, like hearing my own voice and my own ideas. I ended up deleting a bunch of them because I, I didn't necessarily agree with, I guess, how, how they were structured and some things that I maybe left out. But um, one of the major key things that I, that I learned and that I spoke about at this, this talk that I did down in San Diego for Epic Mastermind, it's this big speech in front of a bunch of people, was preparation and like preparing for these different kinds of tragic events in our life whatever they are injuries health problems loss sort of the inevitables but what we can do to prepare for those to be um i guess uh just more ready um you know like catering to our health more i mean one of the one of the reasons that my mom got sick was because she was really unhealthy she was taking way too much medication um she was, she was on heavy pain medication for a long time. And as these things happen in my life, I mean, even Cecilia, you know, bless her heart, she was a very aggressive driver and it scared me for years. You know, she had actually totaled a car six months prior to the crash we got into. And so I just felt like I was almost angry after, you know, I was like, man, these things could have been prevented. And these were people that I loved and, you know, they, they, almost took themselves from my life, not to be selfish, you know, but mine, her father, everybody. And, and so I just started taking it upon myself to how can I be more proactive to make sure that I'm, you know, that I'm just conducting myself a little bit more consciously and just, yeah. you know. Um, so, so that's something else that, that I feel like helped me a lot, just realizing that we, we do got a lot of control over our lives and our minds, you know, and our decisions, our actions. Um, one of the major things that helped me that I learned from my, losing my mother because for me um, the loss of my mom was the first major learning experience in life for me that hit me so hard that I learned a lot of things that helped me get through the, the next one um, but something that I had, I had explained to a lot of people after that was just that I when I met Cecilia I knew what it felt because people that lose people really close to them 
um, they understand what that feeling is like. So I feel like when you meet somebody new or even just, you know, after, after this crash happened, I started calling friends that I had had falling outs with, um, you know, mending these relationships because, you know, when I, when I had met Cecilia, I just treated the relationship like this could, this could unfortunately not last forever, you know? So I'm not obviously going to expect anything bad to happen, but I'm going to treat every day like this person is so special to me and I cherish everything about them. We always would, we always had this thing where we'd never go to bed upset with each other. We would always make sure we addressed everything before bed. Little things that I would do that just have stuck with me and made me feel like I impacted her life. Like I would give her and my dog a kiss on the forehead every single night before bed, like routine. Um, helping her find her glasses every morning. She had really bad eyes, um, stuff like that. And then just, you know, not spending a lot of time trying to be right, you know, or trying to fight her, uh, what she needs in life, you know, and, um, you know, things that after it happened, I just, you know, despite a major loss that hurt, stung bad, I, I felt content with the impact that I made on her life. And so, you know, that, that right there, if I could take anything from that accident, from that experience, it was that, you know, was every single person that I come across with, I just want to make sure that um, I leave them better than I found them, or at least try, you know? And like appreciating those moments, right? Just those little moments and how you can be yeah, present absolutely. with that person at the time, right? Even if it's just finding their glasses or just those little routines that you do together and like yeah, recognizing. stuff, for sure. Yeah, just recognizing the value in even like small moments with people, right? Mm -hmm. and, and really feeling that I think is, mm -hmm. it's like a heartbreaking, but also like heartwarming. There's like a juxtaposition there, like it's heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time, right? To really like internalize that, right? And really think yeah. that way that, you know, it's, it's important to really like place that value in yourself, right? Take that time and do the things that you need to do and like working on that self-care, whatever that looks like, right? To have those kind of like things in place and that preparedness, like when life does get tough and those moments of suffering do occur and on, along that road, right? Like really taking time to appreciate, right? The people that are in our lives, the people that we really care about in those Absolutely. little moments. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We keep talking about self-love, so I think this is the perfect time to kind of move into our self-care piece of our episode. We are going to practice some meditation, and this is how we kind of get our listeners to practice some self-love and self-care. And so this specific meditation is a self-love and self-awareness meditation. So if you all don't mind joining us or our listeners in practicing some self-care, go ahead and sit um, in a comfortable position. Go ahead and begin taking a deep breath in and out. Notice your breath without trying to change it. And notice also if you feel tense or relaxed without trying to change that either. Go ahead and inhale through your nose and then exhale through your mouth. Continue to take deep full breaths in through your nose and out of your mouth. As you breathe, become aware of the state of your body and the quality of your mind. We are really going to practice some of that self-awareness. Where is your body holding tension? Do you feel closed off or shut down emotionally? Where is your mind? 
Is it wandering or is it at home within the breath? Is your mind at ease or filled with restlessness, negativity, or doubt? Continue to take deep breaths in and out and let your breath become more smooth and effortless and begin to breathe in and out through your nose. Feel that flow of air moving into your lungs and then back out into the world. With each exhale, imagine you are releasing any negative thoughts that may be lingering in your mind. Continue to focus on your breath. On each inhale, think, I am worthy. And on each exhale, I am enough. Let each inhale draw in some self-love and each exhale release what is no longer serving you. Continue to take a deep breath in and out. Continue to state, I am enough, I am worthy. And notice how you feel as you say these words to yourself. If your mind wanders at any point, that's okay. Simply bring your attention back to the breath. Notice how your thoughts come and go, whether positive or negative thoughts are doing so, and simply allow them to pass on, just like clouds floating in the sky. Continue to take deep breaths in and out. Tell yourself you are worthy of happiness. Imagine now that you could breathe into your heart and visualize love pouring out of your hands into your heart. Allow a sensation of warmth to fill from head to toe. Take a few more deep breaths in and out. Make sure they're mindful breaths and then softly open your eyes when you are ready. And just take a few seconds to acknowledge the unique experience you had during this meditation. Every time we finish this, I always want to take a nap. It's Every time. So good. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that was like a perfect way. I mean, after that talk we just had and really talking about, you know, self-work, self-love, right? Really being able to kind of be an uplift for ourselves. I think that was such a great meditation to add into the end of this episode. So thank you so much, JC. And so before we go, Chris, I know there's maybe a lot of different ways people can find you online. If, you know, maybe some listeners out there would love to just keep track of you, right? And keep track of your story, see some of the incredible accomplishments that you've really been able to, to take part in, right? I mean, since your, your healing process. And so what are some of your social platforms? I also know that you have kind of like a, a site, right? Where you're kind of fundraising and um, building some money back up. And so would you mind sharing that out with our listeners? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's my name, Chris Kukoros at Instagram uh, or on Instagram, uh, Facebook as well. Um, we're working on a documentary. I'm really stoked on that um, just because that's going to be able to reach a broader audience. We just wrapped up filming, went into post-production, and they managed to catch just about everything on film. So uh, that's called Momentum. Uh, like I said, we're in post-production, so it's going to take some time before that comes out. But, um, you know, keep an eye out for that and just keep taking care of yourselves, you know. I'm all good. I don't need anything. Just uh, keep honing into your own lives, you know, working on your own Instagrams. And uh, if you guys want to follow along, then, yeah, you can just search me by my name. 
Awesome. And I love that that's your sign off right there. It's such <laughs> wonderful words of positivity and encouragement. Hey, I appreciate you guys very much for having me. This is fun. I am so appreciative. I know we're all so appreciative. Um, we were just, you know, really excited. We knew as like emotional as maybe just heavy as this conversation was going to be that, you know, we were just really excited to have you here and just honored, like JC said before, like honored to be in the space with you and, and give you this platform to, you know, tell your story, to connect with even more people, because I know how impactful you are. Um, and again, seeing the little bits and pieces, right? Like seeing your Instagram, seeing you go and visit other people in the hospital since your accident, yeah. like you have such an incredible impact. And so we're just thrilled to be able to kind of continue that impact, right? And give you this platform to do so. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm going to link all of Chris's stuff below. So listeners, you can feel free. Um, you can, you know, go down check out his Instagram. You know, you can keep tabs on that documentary coming out. I know he's selling really cool stuff. You got walkout t-shirts from your fights and signed gloves, things like that. Um, so I'm going to link all of that below. So yeah, any listeners could just keep in touch, keep track of you. And so Thank you so much again, Chris. This was really, really awesome. I have to say too, I'm so used to calling you Coco that calling you Chris this whole time was, it's, I had Wait, to like, huh? I had to mentally yeah. think about it every time I was saying it. So I'll end with that. Coco, thank you so much for being here. You are truly inspiring. I know that, you know, any listener we had today, no matter what walk of life, no matter what they've been through, have probably just been able to really take in a lot of your advice, your encouragement and your resilience right and so i know that this had probably a really big impact on a lot of people today so. perfect that's the goal thanks to all of our listeners out there for just joining along being a part of this heavy but really incredible story of resilience and so to all our listeners out there thank you so much and we hope you join us for our next conversation